0: Let me ask you to take your Bibles. If you wouldn't, go with me to the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to be looking at a familiar story in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. So at our church, we've been working through the Gospel of Luke. And I think, are you all working through the Gospel of John? Here, yep. is that right? All right, great. Yeah, and I'm sure Dex will uh, pick back up on that next week. I'm really thankful for his ministry and for your church. It's always a privilege um, to be here with you. So. Looking at the Gospel of Luke in chapter 19, we're going to read the first 10 verses, all right? This is God's Word. He, that is Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son, or is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's ask God to bless his word. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can read it in our own language. And we thank you that you have given the Holy Spirit, who is in every believer, able to guide us into all truth. We pray that that would be the case now. Lord, we're not only wanting to read your word, not only want to hear it explained and applied, but we pray for grace, Lord, to be changed by it, bring our lives into conformity. Let us not only be hearers, but doers of the word we ask in Jesus' name, amen. The hardest five words for any man to speak, I think, is, I think we're lost, So you're driving along, you're listening to a song, or you're thinking about what you're going to do when you get there, and before you know it, you've missed a sign, you've missed a turn, and you have no idea where you are. If it's happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You started out strong, your phone battery's dead, you don't ever carry a map, and um, pride kicks in. Please don't talk to me right now, you say to the person in the passenger seat. I'm not going to stop and ask for directions, you say to yourself. Um, Lost, yeah, lost. This is one of the ways that God explains the spiritual condition of humanity. He talks about us as human beings as... Lost, being being scattered in thick darkness. You ever wake up on a morning? I think we just had in last week, right? Thick morning or a fog? Uh, a thick a morning of thick fog, or darkness you can't see. My daughter was leaving on her way to work, and I said, "Hey, Kels, it's foggy out there. Okay, don't go so fast and keep a distance with the people um, around you." People have lost their way, separated from a peaceful and a good relation with their Creator God. We've forgotten that we were made for God, to be with him, to be in his kingdom, be filled with joy of his goodness and his love. And our sin, our sin keeps us from finding our way to God. We've forgotten who we were and where we belong. And if that doesn't change, church, if that doesn't change for the people around us, then we will be eternally lost in eternal condemnation. And yet, there's good news. The good news is that the Father sent His Son to earth to find lost people. That His Son came not only to seek, but to save those who are lost, to rescue us and to bring us all the way home. Of all Jesus' encounters on the road to Jerusalem, the story of Zacchaeus reaches its crescendo. So if you're reading the Gospel of Luke, all the way back in chapter 9, verse 51, Jesus starts a journey from the north of Galilee, going south toward Jerusalem. He's now passing through Jericho, and he meets this man, Zacchaeus. Here, all the themes, so many themes of Luke, kind of converge. Here we find a man who has eyes to see, but he can't actually see. We find a man who is disgusting to the, to the culture around him as a ruthless tax collector. And we find a person who's being strangled by the great riches that he has. As Jesus turns toward Jerusalem, we're not left to, to wonder about that sad terror, uh, tale of a rich young ruler Who loved his wealth more than he loved God himself. Church, we are left with a story of a ruthless customs agent who meets Jesus and becomes a brand new man. Friends, this new life, this this rescue, is what Jesus came to bring. You could sum up our text this morning this way Jesus keeps God's promise to seek and to save the lost. Maybe later today you could go back and read Ezekiel 34. In Ezekiel 34, God made a promise that he would come and rescue his scattered sheep. He blames the false shepherds of Israel who have just gone their own way, been preoccupied with their own things, and have allowed the sheep of God's pasture to to wander and be scattered, and have left the weak and injured sheep to their own destruction. But here, Here we see that Jesus keeps God's promise to seek and to save the lost. Luke wants you to see two things in this passage. Number one, Luke wants you to see the seeking sinner in verses 1 through 4. See the seeking sinner. I hope you will get a good look at this man. If you do, you will find a man who is lost in darkness. If you do, you will find a man who is weak and injured by his sinful desires. If you do see the sinner, you will see a man left to his own destruction. So, number one, see the sinner. Number two, see the seeking Savior. See the seeking Savior. In verses 5 through 10, Luke wants you to get a good look at Jesus. And what you find is a Savior who is pursuing a savior who is converting, and a savior who is bringing God's sheep home. If you're a Christian here this morning, I hope that this story of Zacchaeus will cause you to rejoice in Christ. No doubt, there are a lot of things in our minds right now that are making us quite discouraged or afraid or concerned. We don't have to go very far to find reasons to let tears stream from our eyes. But what I hope this story will do for you, I hope that this story will cause you to rejoice in Christ. Truly, what is impossible with man is possible with God. So see the sinner and see the Savior. And if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I pray that Zacchaeus' story helps you get a good look at Jesus Christ. I hope that you will see him for all that he is and all that he has done. So number one, see the, see the sinner. Jericho, if you're traveling, Jericho is the last exit before Jerusalem. After this, it's an 18-mile climb through rugged and ruthless terrain. Jericho is most remembered for the battle that occurred when Israel marched around the city for seven days. Do you remember? And the walls fell in. Jericho is home to Rahab or was home to Rahab the prostitute, the first convert who was mercifully saved from God's judgment. Since that day, that old city bore a curse on anyone who would dare to rebuild it. And yet centuries later, a new Jericho was built beyond the ruins of the old Jericho. One time I got a chance to climb on the old pile, it's called the Tell of Jericho, the old ruined city, and then off in the distance you would see the new Jericho. It was rebuilt because it has Jericho, this area, has two essential things to have a city in the Middle East. Number one, it has water, and number two, it has a road. It has the best or the freshest spring in the nation of Israel, and it has a major trade route from the north of Galilee down to the Jordan Valley. This is the city of Jericho. For Jesus, the road to to glory passed through Jericho. And boy, a blind beggar and a rich custom officer glad. Jesus encountered, if you read the passage before, a a beggar, a blind beggar on the road into the city, and now he's passing through the city of Jericho. And there's another man in the city that wants a good look at this man, Jesus. His name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus sat above the revenue pyramid. He was a chief tax collector. That means he got a cut, a percentage, of all the deputy tax collectors that were working for him. Working for, yeah, one of the first pyramid scams, yeah. Um, Tax collectors of those days were known to be those who cheated the system, intimidated, coerced victims to get more for themselves. They worked for the Roman government. They were Jews working for the Roman government, and so they were hated as traitors. Zacchaeus was especially good at this racket. He was rich. For all these reasons and more, no self-respecting Israelite would ever think about sitting at his table and partaking in his ill-gotten bounty. Zacchaeus wasn't physically blind like the beggar outside the city. Who the crowd told to pipe down while jesus was passing by but like the beggar he was unable to see jesus and that becomes a parable of his life zacchaeus had eyes but he couldn't see who jesus actually was physically he was short and the crowd was blocking his view to compensate the blind beggar raised his voice but zacchaeus climbs a tree and a sycamore tree with its Chunky trunk and wide branches provided a perfect grandstand as Jesus passed by. As I think of the story of Zacchaeus, I can't help but picture Danny DeVito in a toga <laughs> perched in a tree watching Jesus come by. It's, it's a horrible, I, I can't, get the, can't get this view out of my head. If you've seen the Jersey Mike's commercial, you'll, you'll know Danny. Luke tells us that uh, Zacchaeus was seeking to see Who Jesus was. We know from Romans chapter 3, right? We read there. Paul quotes from the Old Testament that no one seeks after God. Caught in the snare of sin and the shame of our sin, we're at enmity with God. But so so maybe maybe Zacchaeus just wanted to know more about the one who is causing all the commotion in town or in the area. Maybe he had heard that. Jesus was a rabbi who was willing to take time with tax collectors or other religious outsiders of the day. We're not told specifically, but something piques Zach's interest to have a closer look. Church, I want you just to stop and think about this. Zacchaeus reminds us of people who might secretly be interested to know more about Jesus, but we would never expect them. To most people, Zacchaeus was only interested in money and power, not spiritual things. There are people that would engage in a gospel conversation with you if you would talk to them. So let people around you know that you follow Jesus. And that may spark some conversations with someone who's looking to know more there are people who would accept your invitation to come to church if you would ask them. Through various circumstances, through matters of conscience, God is already now piquing the the interest of people around us who are perched trying to learn more. And the question is, will we help them? Will you help them learn who Jesus is and what he has done? maybe you can identify with Zacchaeus you're right where he is what should you do well i would encourage you to do whatever it takes to get a good look at jesus so if you're here for the first time in church come back hear pastor dexley next week and just keep coming back and hear the bible taught and come to know more about who jesus is or Get to know some of the church members at this church. I guarantee you they'll be more than happy to take an hour every week, sit down, read the Bible with you, and tell you more about who Jesus is. See the sinner, scattered, chasing his deceitful lusts, weak and injured by sin, left to his own destruction by those who claim to know God. Luke keeps the story going. He wants you to see the seeking Savior. What child has been lost in a grocery store and isn't amazingly relieved, even to the point of tears, when they hear their dad or mom behind them saying, Andrew, where have you been? I've been looking all over for you. And the thought comes into your mind, you've been looking for me? I thought you left me. I thought you abandoned me. I'm stuck. I've been looking for you. For all that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, it turns out Jesus wanted to see Zacchaeus. So look here in verse number five. It's Zacchaeus, not Jesus, that breaks the ice. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Jesus stops. Jesus calls out to this chief tax collector by name. And we are reminded that our Lord is on a divine mission. Jesus issues some imperatives to this chief tax collector. Hey, hurry up, get down here. I'm going over to your house today. Why? Because I must. This is one of those divine necessities. I'm on a mission. I must. This is essential. This has been given to me. I must stay at your house. Church, see the Savior pursue. We should learn something about God's sovereign initiative in our conversion. If you're a Christian here this morning, listen to J.C. Ryle's words regarding Zacchaeus. If ever there was a soul sought and saved without having done anything to deserve it, that soul was Zacchaeus. Unasked, our Lord stops and speaks to Zacchaeus. Unasked, he offers himself to be a guest in the house of a sinner. Unasked, he sends into the heart of a tax collector the renewing grace of the Spirit and puts him that very day among the children of God. The Apostle Paul puts it this way to the Roman church. Those whom God predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son, he also called... And those whom he called, he also justified. What's that telling us? It's telling us that God's inward call is effective. It has the power and authority to bring about its desired effect. So, for example, go all the way back to creation and think about the moment when God said, let there be light. He spoke, and his will was accomplished. There was light. Think about when God, the Son, stood outside the tomb of Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth, and they had to unbind him and turn him loose. Paul tells the Christians at Ephesus, you he made alive who were dead, spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. So in our fallen, and our sinful nature, not one of us here is inclined to come to God through Jesus. But when God calls a sinner by the Holy Spirit, He does what needs to be done in our hearts and minds. He convinces us that we are sinners. He opens our hearts to understand who Jesus is and actually to desire what Jesus has done to redeem us. Jesus... Um, or let me put it this way. At some point, every one of us has received, who are Christians here this morning, has received God's effectual call. Through the proclamation of the gospel, news of Jesus stops us in the middle of our busy road of life and calls us to repentance and faith. Our triune God has made us alive. Sinners who are dead in our trespasses and sins made alive. I hope in your heart right now, if you're a Christian, it would be full of praise and joy and glory and boasting in our great God. We wouldn't be here otherwise. Verse number five, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down. I must stay at your house today. Notice, so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. What an expression of faith. This man who climbed up in a tree to see who Jesus was, now he climbs down at Jesus' command and gladly welcomes him into his home. Friends, in that culture, to break bread with someone was a sign of acceptance, identification, trust. It meant that you were in good terms. And Jesus here is offering friendship and love and acceptance to Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector and Zacchaeus received him joyfully I wonder if this joyful reception this joyful reception of Jesus has been your personal experience if that's not the case what are you waiting for you will not find a better savior Receive him joyfully today by faith. The Jericho crowd who is watching all of this transpire, they expressed their frustration audibly. Notice, when they saw it, when they saw Jesus move towards Zacchaeus, they all, the word all here means every single one of them, every one of them grumbled and their complaint was loud enough to be heard he this Jesus has gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. Apparently, you'd be hard-pressed to find a man more despised in Jericho than Zacchaeus. On one hand, the crowd was right. Zacchaeus was indeed a sinner. He was known in his occupation and his reputation He was known to be a man of wicked, unjust, unrighteous deeds. His greed, his callous contempt for his countrymen increased his wealth at the expense of theirs. Zacchaeus was a sinner. But on the other hand, the crowd was wrong. They had written off the likes of Zacchaeus. Unsavable. God had not. Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem and his work would be enough to redeem even the worst sinner in Jericho or in Providence or in Cranston or in Smithfield. To everyone else, there are some kinds of sinners that are beyond God's program of salvation. To Jesus, here's a person who needed mercy and forgiveness for his sin. See the Savior pursue. See the Savior convert. Watch this. What is impossible with man is possible with God. In this moment, Zacchaeus discovered who Jesus was and who he was to Jesus. He was a sinful man, mercifully loved by God with an eternal love. Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, was a man that God sent his son on purpose to find him and to rescue him from his lostness by coming personally to his home. For years, for years we can imagine, Zacchaeus was searching for joy and peace from his wealth, trying to squeeze every last ounce, finding it in vain. But through Jesus... Zacchaeus comes to know true acceptance with God. He's a converted man. By the Spirit, through the gospel, he's made new. Zacchaeus had not loved God as God. He had not loved his neighbor as himself. He clearly loved himself above all. Without any prompting from Jesus, notice what Zacchaeus says in verse number 8. Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Notice the exchange. He really is a new man. Generosity replaces selfishness. Restitution replaces greed. This is what true repentance looks like, a turning from sin towards God and godliness in every area of our lives. Phil Riken explains what true repentance looks like in a converted life. Quote, where you've been taking what does not belong to you, pay it back with extra. Where you've been lazy, get back to work and serve in the strength of the Lord. Where you've been neglecting your family, reorganize your schedule and spend time doing things that the people in your household need you to do. Where you've been giving in to sexual sin, protect your purity, make a commitment to chastity. Where you have been living selfishly, learn to serve. Where you have been tearing down people, build them up. Where you have been angry with people or bitter toward God, forgive others and praise God. Friends, these are the kinds of changes that faith in Jesus brings. This is the life of a Christian. This is the kind of of repentance that is an ongoing practice in our lives as followers of Jesus. You can imagine that by the time Zacchaeus gave away half his wealth and made four times restoration and became an honest customs officer, his life, his life must have looked a lot different. But he doesn't care. He's found something far more valuable. Unlike the, the rich man who walked away from Jesus and Luke chapter 18, Zacchaeus comes through the eye of the needle into the kingdom of God, rejoicing. He's not saying, oh, woe is me. It really stinks to be a Christian. See the Savior pursuing, converting, and gathering. So look at verse number 9. Today I have to stay at your house now becomes, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. He, too, is one who is justified by faith alone. No doubt, Luke is trying to help us think back to chapter 15 about the prodigal son who no one expect would ever return to his father's house. But God made a promise more than 500 years before by the prophet Ezekiel to come himself to seek and to save his lost sheep. The gasps and frustration of the crowd tells us that the religious leaders, the common Israelite, none of them made any attempt to go after Zacchaeus and bring him into the Father's house. But Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, came to do just that. And in John chapter 10 and verse 18, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. He had Gentiles. If you're a Gentile here this morning, he said, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and so there will be one flock and one shepherd. Lost Zacchaeus didn't find his way to Jesus. Jesus came the distance to save him. Seeking and saving Zacchaeus and any one of us didn't involve just merely a chat over a meal. Chapter 18 Jesus tells that he would go to Jerusalem to be delivered over to the Gentiles, mocked, shamefully treated, spit upon. He would be brutally flogged, nailed to a cross, and left to die, bearing the guilt of sins for people like Rich Zacchaeus and a blind beggar as well. Jesus calls Zacchaeus down from a tree on the way to climbing a very different tree. And what happens? Church, on the third day, Jesus said he would rise again. He would prove that what he did actually conquered sin and death, assuring all who receive him by faith that we are truly gathered into the house and kingdom of God. Church, we read in Revelation that God is saving a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. We read the book of Acts and on into the New Testament, and we see how God is saving Jews and Samaritans and Gentiles, how he saves the most religious and the most irreligious, how those who were once thieves and drunkards and greedy and revilers, sexually immoral and swindlers, were sanctified. Or justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Many people, when they think of Rhode Island, think of it as a hard, religious, but corrupt, uninterested, unreachable people. Have those things crossed your mind? But if God has put us here... We can have every assurance that in Rhode Island and Connecticut and Massachusetts are places filled with people who are destined to be gods through faith in Jesus Christ. And we, along with other faithful gospel preaching churches and Christians, are to go to them so they might know more about a Savior who pursues and converts and gathers the lost into God's kingdom. Jesus has commissioned us, his disciples, to make disciples from the four corners of our block to the four corners of the world. He has placed you right where he has placed you to make real-life contact with people who need to know more about who Jesus is. It's a privilege to tell them. Jesus keeps God's promise to seek and to save the lost. So church, see the sinner and see the Savior. Let's pray. Our Father, God, we pray that your word would find place in our heart. Forgive us. Forgive me, Lord for often classifying people as uninterested, perhaps unsavable. God, I pray that you would continue a movement through the state of Rhode Island in healthy churches like Faith Community Church to shine the light of the gospel to our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, our family God, would you mercifully draw many to the light of the gospel, the glory that shines in the face of Jesus Christ. May they see him and be converted, be made new. God, I pray that you would fill this room with men like Zacchaeus and the blind beggar outside Jericho and Mary and Martha, and that it would be a light like a city on a hill. We pray these things for your name's sake.